0: WDIY presents a new season of Teen Connect with rotating new host, Sophie Elohovich.
1: This is Lehigh Valley Discourse, and you're listening to Teen Connect. Teen Connect explores local to global issues impacting young people in our community. The program includes teen hosts talking to experts in their respective fields to gain a better understanding of their experiences on issues, as well as teens speaking with their peers about the problems and perspectives they are confronting. I'm Sophie Elihovich. My preferred pronouns are she, her, and I will be your host. Doing our audio engineering is James Johnson, Whose pronouns are he him. The topic of today is LGBTQ rights and how we can support LGBT teens. Today we welcome a Lehigh Valley teenager who identifies with the LGBTQ community to share their perspective in this important conversation. Joining her we have Katie Zupas, Director of Programs, Research and Evaluation at Bradbury Sullivan LGBT Community Center. Both of our guests use she her pronouns. Our teen is bi and is attracted to boys and girls. Katie has been at the Bradbury Sullivan LGBT Community Center for two and a half years and works with all of their programs, including Project Silk. I chose to speak about LGBTQ rights and how we can support queer teens because I know how difficult being a teen is. Adding to that the difficulty of questioning your sexuality or gender and everything becomes exponentially more difficult. I'd like to start by discussing pronouns. In the intro, I stated everyone's pronouns. Katie, could you please explain the different pronouns people use? Why is it important for people to state their pronouns, and why do some people use pronouns other than she, her, or he, him?
0: Sure. So to start at square one, for any listeners who might not know, a person's gender identity is their own understanding of their gender, whether they feel themselves to be uh, male, female, both or neither, regardless of the sex they were assigned at birth. So one way that a person asserts that gender identity is by using specific pronouns. Some people use pronouns like they or z to show that they uh, identify outside of the gender binary as opposed to he and she. And some people use multiple pronouns or any pronouns with respect because their identity is multifaceted. What's important is to pay attention to how a person identifies themselves and then use the language that they're most comfortable with. Because actually, misgendering people can have a significant negative impact on their mental health. In fact, the Trevor Project found that 24% of trans and non-binary youth who did not have anyone they lived with respect their pronouns attempted suicide compared to 13% of those youth who had all household members respect their pronouns.
1: So this is a very crucial part of being trans or a teen that uses different pronouns. So could I ask, what should we do if we use the wrong pronouns by mistake.
0: Yeah, it's, you know, about apologizing, but moving on quickly because dwelling on it can be even more uncomfortable for the person that you've misgendered. So uh, make that apology, repeat to yourself what the right pronouns are and get it right the next time.
1: Okay, thank you. Now I would like to go to our teen and could I ask you to please share your coming out experience?
2: So for me, I'm out to a lot of people like But I like a lot of family members, not all of them. Um, I've come from a pretty accepting family. So one of my siblings is pansexual. So that means they just love anyone regardless. They don't really take gender into an account. I think that's correct. And for me, I just was like, oh, hi. Yeah, I'm bi, by the way. And My family was pretty cool with it. I'm very fortunate to come from such an accepting family. There's some people that I haven't come out to, like some people at school who just not necessarily that they're homophobic. I just don't necessarily feel like sharing that yet. So it's it's relatively easy, but it's still kind of stressful because even if you know someone's going to accept you, there's going to be that like heavy conversation that goes with it. So that's a little bit scary, but I've been very fortunate to have very good experiences
1: so far. Well, I am so glad to hear that. That leads kind of into my next question, which is, how can you tell whether someone is safe to come out to?
2: So, probably based on, like, past actions, if they said something, like, that seems a little bit hurtful to the LGBTQ plus community, it doesn't necessarily seem like the best person to come out to. Um, But if they've just always that they've shown, like, support of some sorts, then you can kind of assume it's safe.
1: So um, when you do come out to your parents, what's one way that they could show
2: support for you? They could just probably say something like, we'll always be here for you. We'll always like love and support you. And, you know, just show that, hey, no matter who you love or how you identify, you know, you'll still be the same parents and love your child no matter what. That's perfect.
1: And kind of on the same topic, how can your friends or your peers make you feel safe as a part of the LGBTQ plus
2: so probably it's like what I said before just showing like hey we'll support you no matter what and if you're really close you know just tell them you're maybe also tell them that you're proud of them for coming out to you because it's kind of scary so yeah I think just being supportive in general and not really changing how you like view them as a human being I think that's also a big part like if you're gonna be like, so like oh I'll accept you but aren't really showing that you are by just being Maybe it's by using the wrong pronouns or, like, forgetting, like, like for me, if I came out to someone that was like, oh, you just like men since you're bi, which is not true, like, that kind of feels like they're kind of undermining how I'm bi. So, does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense.
1: Katie, could you explain to our straight listeners what kind of challenges the LGBTQ plus community experiences?
0: Yeah, so at Bradbury Sullivan LGBT Community Center, we actually work on this big statewide project to collect the voices of LGBTQ Pennsylvanians all over about what their health and social needs are. So we know that some of those challenges um, are health disparities related to mental health and and tobacco use, to name just a few. And we know that those challenges in particular are even greater for LGBTQ plus teens. So we know that uh, those teens are experiencing mental health challenges at higher rates than all LGBTQ Pennsylvanians. They are more likely to be having thoughts of harming themselves, and they're more likely to be using tobacco. To me, what that says is that young people are having a harder time coping because they maybe haven't developed all those coping skills yet, or they haven't built up their circle of friends and chosen family yet. So maybe they don't have all the kind of things in their toolkit that LGBTQ adults have. So it's really important for us to recognize and respond to uh, signs of mental health challenges, um, stand up against homophobia and transphobia when we see it in our schools or our neighborhoods. And just make sure that, you know, if, even if we're the only uh, vocally affirming adult in that LGBTQ teens life, that we are the one adult that's making a big difference for them.
1: That's great. That actually leads right into my next question, <laughs> which is, how can we make school a safer place for LGBT teens?
0: So this is really important because we know for a fact that uh, teens who have an affirming school environment are less likely to attempt suicide than those who don't have that kind of affirming environment for themselves at school. So uh, to make safe spaces for LGBTQ youth, uh, we need to make schools somewhere they can have tough conversations, ask questions, and fully express themselves without the worry that someone's gonna hurt them or judge them or tell them they're wrong. or don't matter. You know we can model how to have respectful exchanges of different viewpoints and perspectives for those youth in order to, to make it a safer environment and we can always challenge homophobia and transphobia where we see it whether it's other students or colleagues and parents uh, just kind of demonstrating that it's not tolerated and we stand by all of our youth regardless of their gender identity sexual orientation race ability whatever okay
1: i think that's a great goal for everyone to have So a more specific question is, how can we make trans and non-binary teens comfortable using public restrooms or locker rooms, especially in school?
0: Ideally, schools should have gender-neutral facilities because otherwise you're requiring teens, uh, some of whom might be non-binary or genderqueer, to pick from options that don't represent them at all. But if your school still does have gendered facilities like restrooms and locker rooms, it's about making sure that trans teens can use the facilities that correlate with their gender identity, not their sex assigned at birth, and that they are safe in doing that. But at its most basic, it's about giving everyone privacy and space in those facilities like anyone would expect.
1: Yeah, people just want to use the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what about gay sex ed? Why is it that important to be taught in health class?
0: Yeah, so in one regard, it's important because by showcasing or discussing a whole host of sexual activity or sexual relationships, we can normalize queer relationships and make it so those students don't feel othered in the room. But again, bringing it down to the most basic level, sex ed needs to be about keeping people safe and healthy. So just like their cisgender and heterosexual peers, queer Teens need to understand the potential risks of their behaviors, be able to identify signs of disease and unhealthy relationships, and know where to turn for trustworthy health information when they start engaging in sexual experiences. So when we have inclusive curricula, we know that all young people are going to be physically and socially, emotionally healthy. They're going to have a clear understanding of key concepts like consent. We're going to prevent unintended pregnancies, and we're going to limit the spread of communicable diseases. That's obviously very
1: important. And, you know, in the best situation, everyone would be supportive and everyone would want to help these LGBT teens to feel comfortable, but that's just not always going to be the case. So how can LGBTQ youth cope with living in a homophobic household?
0: Yeah, so I'll say that Healthy coping skills are important, and a great place to learn them is at Project Silk Lehigh Valley, which is our daily youth program at Bradbury Sullivan Center we run in partnership with Valley Youth House. The most important thing about coping with that kind of situation is having an affirming and caring adult that you can talk to. Again, that's something we know that dramatically impacts the likelihood that a teen will attempt suicide. So at Project Silk, Teens are able to talk to other peers that are also LGBTQ. They're able to talk to the people who run the program who are you know, BIPOC and LGBTQ, and from a host of experiences that are representative of the youth in the community. And they're even able to talk to a, a mental health counselor by appointment. In addition to talking through things like that, uh, they always have arts activities, which can be a creative outlet for venting any kind of fears or frustrations you might have. We stream LGBTQ media and talk about queer history, which can connect to inspiration for uh, who you want to be and how you want to fit in the world. And, um, We talk about self-care and self-esteem, you know, um, the basics like getting enough sleep and eating right and being active, but also self-esteem in in how you express your gender identity, how you take care of yourself and present yourself to the world in a way that makes you feel beautiful and authentically you.
1: That sounds so amazing. (laughs) Uh, I think that would be very helpful for a lot of LGBTQ teens that I know, and now I kind of wanted to talk about some modern day factors with LGBTQ rights because, you know, it's a new age and there's lots of different information and sources available. So the first thing that I kind of wanted to ask is, like, at what age do most people realize that they are gay or trans or part of the community?
0: Honestly, there's no one journey for people. You know, I've I- I've heard people talk about their kids at a really young age um, expressing their trans identity. Um, but you also see people who realize that part of their sexual orientation or gender identity much later in life. So that I, I wouldn't say there's a, a typical way about it. It's, it's everyone is unique and kind of comes into their own journey.
1: All right. And now I'd like to go to our teen and ask about social media. Is it helpful or hurtful? And um, how did it affect your view of your own part of the community?
2: So I feel like it can be really mixed depending on what side of social media you're on. Like it helped me realize, oh, I'm bi, not straight. But also you have to, if you're staying on more like LGBTQ plus, like positive content creators, like there's certain content creators that I follow on social media whom I definitely love and help me realize like my feelings. But it's also a bit... If you get on the wrong side, just you will see sometimes a lot of homophobia and transphobia and hatred. So it it's kind of mixed, like it personally really helped me, but I also tried to stay off more of the negative sides, but it just kind of depends, I guess.
1: That makes a lot of sense. I feel like you wouldn't want to see all of that hate about yourself and about who you are, something you can't change, but it would also be so great to see that there's other people like you.
2: Yeah, 100%. And I don't know if you said something about coming out like online. And there's like online, like I didn't come out to like everyone I knew online just because I have some people from school who follow me on there and who I'm not quite ready to come out to yet. But there's some people that I have come out to and I've made some like LGBTQ plus friends online that have been very helpful with this. So yeah, that's great.
1: So the next thing I would want to ask is what about other media? LGBTQ representation has increased a lot in movies, shows. Katie, how does that help?
0: So I'd say it's not just the quantity of representation, but the quality too. So we need to see more than just the same coming out plot line over and over again. And we need media that celebrates LGBTQ stories and healthy, thriving people, not just... Uh, stories that kind of commemorate tragedies and challenges throughout queer history. But that being said, I do think an increase in visibility in media is great for making LGBTQ people and LGBTQ social issues more seen and and more likely to move along. And it, it's exciting. We We definitely try to showcase that at the center through like a variety of movie screenings and uh, book readings and things like that that show kind of the whole host of experiences that LGBTQ people can have.
1: And I'm sure it was great to see people like you in movies and shows
2: that you're watching, right? Yeah, it's definitely great, but not, like, based on what Katie was saying, you also have to think about, like, how are they being represented? Is it just going to be the same stereotypes over and over again? Heterosexual, like, what they think that queer people look like, but isn't necessarily the case, so... It's very nice to see representation, but that's an also a factor you have to realize how much is it going to be stereotyped and how much of it is going to be the same plot about someone coming out.
1: And I think another important part is that I feel myself often that shows or movies will have like LGBTQ character who's a side character to like show that they're being inclusive. And I
2: think it would be great if we had more where they're the main character. The story is about them. Definitely. Yeah, like for sure. There's definitely a lot of times in movies where there's like the gay best friend, like not really the main character all the time.
0: Yeah, we want to be seeing stuff that digs more into the inner lives of LGBTQ people, you know, media representation that is as diverse as the community itself.
1: So talking about this representation, I've heard of representation that's not very good, such as, like, queer coding or negative stereotypes. Could you, like, explain what those are and why they're bad?
0: Yeah. So to reinforce what you were just saying with negative stereotypes, like any kind of generalizations, we don't want to paint the community with a really broad brush because that erases the identities and experiences of a lot of other members of the community. And, you know, that's just perpetuating this feeling of being unseen and unheard for so long. Um, so we don't want to overgeneralize. We know that, in terms of um, queer baiting and queer coding, um, my understanding is with queer coding, it's when characters kind of were hinted at being queer in the subtext, perhaps at a time when the the writer or the television creator uh, couldn't necessarily dive into that because you know it was further back in our history where it just it wouldn't have been published or or accepted accepted yeah. Accepted, yeah. So that kind of was like the beginnings of exploring queer characters to the extent that creators could. Whereas nowadays, I think what we talk about more as an issue is queer baiting, where uh, maybe you see this great new movie or TV show and you're really excited because, oh my gosh, I heard that there's going to be this same-sex couple or this queer heroine of the story. And even though there's been all of those kind of hints at it, or you've heard a lot around the, the promotion of the show it doesn't really come to fruition. There's not actually a really good LGBTQ plotline or character. So that comes down to people just kind of putting that out there to draw in an LGBTQ audience, but not wanting to make the rest of their audience uncomfortable by actually digging into LGBTQ stories. So it's kind of exploiting the community and, and not increasing visibility in media.
1: It would also be a big disappointment to get so excited and then realize that this isn't very accurate, like this isn't truly showing the community yeah
2: yeah i've noticed that with like a lot of big corporations that like they'll just have like little things in some of their movies where there's going to going to be like a hint at a character being lgbtq plus but in reality it's just a two-second scene and if you blink you'll miss it and as an lgbtq plus person i want more representation than that especially in some big like movie companies and speaking of like big companies
1: what can companies do to support the community? I know during Pride Month, there's lots of merch and stuff you can buy with the flags and everything. But I feel like once Pride Month is over, that just goes away.
0: There, There's a really interesting history of how corporations have played a role in being both against and for um, activism around LGBTQ issues. In fact, at the center, we had... Uh, within the last year or so, um, a book talk around the queering of corporate America. And I would say right now, the biggest issue that corporations can get behind if they're authentically, you know, living their their Pride Month avatars all year round (laughs) is to be supporting the Equality Act, because that would be federal legislation that ensures protections against discrimination for LGBTQ people across the country. Right now, you could drive from state to state or city to city and not have this same kind of civil rights you do in each place. So it's really important to get behind that kind of progress at the federal level. And that's something that corporations can be a little bit more vocal about.
1: So now I have a bit of a topic that I'm a little scared to talk about, actually, which is internalized homophobia and transphobia. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's when a gay person has homophobic ideas or views or when a trans person has transphobic ideas or views. Why does that happen and how can we help stop that?
0: Yeah, so if you're surrounded by heteronormativity and negative stereotypes about the LGBTQ plus community, that can get inside your own head, even if you're a member of the community yourself. And that can be really damaging in the way you see yourself and the way you care for yourself. I think a good way... To tackle that is to balance it out with all the positive things you can. So surround yourself with LGBTQ friends and allies. Um, plug into books and movies and music by LGBTQ artists that more authentically represent what the experience is and what the community is in a lot of positive ways. And I would be remiss if I didn't say, come down to your local LGBT community center, <laughs> come down to your local Pride event and just really find a place where you can celebrate yourself and your culture and take pride in who you are.
1: And what about straight allies? Are they welcome at like pride marches or like how can they show their support as well?
0: Yeah, definitely. All of our programming at Bradbury Sullivan LGBT Community Center is free to the community and is open to queer people and allies. I will say aside from our support groups, which are around a certain identity. So for example, our trans feminine group, You have to be someone who identifies that way to join it. But things like our our book clubs, our film screenings, our annual Pride event, these are all ways that straight allies can learn about the community, connect with the community, show support for the people in their lives and their neighbors that they love and want to better understand and celebrate.
1: Okay. And for our queer teen, I was wondering, like, what is one thing,
2: one piece of advice that you would wanna give to other teens who are struggling? So I guess that there's some time in life, I mean, I will always support you, even if you don't personally know me. But there's you are going to be able to find like your quote unquote happy ending. It will get easier and especially like with what you said with your with the community center, you're able to come down and talk to like professionals and if possible, try to find, like, what you what Katie was saying earlier about finding, like, a good, trustworthy adult to talk to. Try to, if you're having a lot of problems, maybe talk to someone if you're going through a rough time. There's always going to be someone that's there for you, even okay. if it's not in your own house.
1: That's great. And, of course, I would love to be that person. I think you would. I think all three of us would. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so just know that I think w- there's there are people, someone out there for you. Yeah, there's people everywhere who are just like you and who, even if they aren't like you, they're supportive and they want to help.
0: And I just want to plug that if you don't recognize those people in your immediate community or or haven't found them online, there are hotlines people can call if they're really feeling like they're in a place of crisis as an LGBTQ person. So the Trans Lifeline and the Trevor Project uh, hotline are both really good resources for that kind of right now moment where you need someone to talk to and, and don't have that person in your life yet.
1: Okay, and would you mind sharing that information with us?
0: Yeah, the uh, Trans Lifeline is 1-877-565-8860. And then the Trevor Project Lifeline, which is for LGBT youth, is 1-866-488-7386. And you can actually go onto their website and find options for chatting or texting, too, if a phone call might not be as discreet as you need it to be.
1: Going back to the topic of coming out, for our teen, knowing that your experience in coming out was positive, how would you imagine it if it didn't go as well, if your parents weren't accepting?
2: Uh, That's, like, kind of hard for me personally. I've been so lucky with having parents who are accepting. It's kind of hard to imagine. However, just, it's kind of hard to make, like, that imagination just probably not being accepted or saying, that's not true, you're straight. Like, you're you're not bi. But it's kind of hard to imagine that considering I've had a very fortunate experience with coming out. So it sounds like in
1: addition to facing outright homophobia, another thing that you face is when people try to undermine your identity.
2: Yeah, like, personally, I've yet to have that happen to me. But I'm sure, you know, being active on social media, I've seen stories and issues when that can happen to someone where their identity can be undermined or there can just be subtle like more discrete ways of homophobia such as like harmful negative stereotypes that are portraying lgbtq plus people
1: so another question i have for you is when did you understand the extent of your sexuality and realize that you know it was different than what our society says is normal
2: so i over the summer like I think like January last year, I just started questioning, but I was like, I'm straight. I'm not, but <laughs> um, just like over the summer, I remember I was like talking with some of my family members and then we were all talking and I just kind of was like, I think I'm, I'm like, I think I might be bi or at least some p- way part of the LGBTQ plus community because I'm not just attracted to men.
1: So Katie, we were talking before about queer media. Would you mind giving us some positive examples?
0: I don't have a ton of examples. I will say, I know our teens in Project Silk really enjoy watching Pose because, uh, like I said, we want to see media that is as diverse as our community, and Pose tells the story of BIPOC people of a variety of ages who are lower socioeconomic status, stories that really aren't usually told because we see a lot of the time the focus on cisgender white gay men of a certain socioeconomic status so seeing those stories of how these people performed their art uh voguing at a time where they were trying to find community and celebration amidst the hiv aids epidemic it's a really compelling show to watch and i think a lot of people connect with it for that reason
1: i haven't heard of it i'll have to watch that <laughs> yeah for our teen, what is your opinion on the importance of the equality act in your
2: future I mean, personally for me, I think it's very important. I'm very much interested in politics and more like progressive political changes. And I think it's super important to have make sure that I will have the same equal rights as like my straight and straight counterparts. And I think another thing we also have to like add to that is for me, even though I am cis female, I use she her pronouns, if someone is transgender, they probably also would wanna be entitled to gender affirming health care, which I think is very important to make sure that because with healthcare, if you went in and you were not like you were like oh you are a woman when you identify as male then that's a problem and that might be considered transphobia it would be damaging yes
1: to exactly mental health and your opinion of yourself too i think
0: yeah even the fear or the anticipation of being discriminated against by your doctor keeps a lot of lgbtq pennsylvanians from going to get healthcare that they really need From things as simple as getting their flu vaccine annually to uh, things more critical like uh, cancer screenings that they really ought to be getting based on their age or demographics.
1: So, Katie, what programs are there for cis and straight parents to help support their LGBTQ children?
0: We have uh, two of our monthly community and support groups are for that audience. The first is Parents of Trans Kids, which actually I should say meets twice a month. And that's for any kind of parent or guardian of a transgender child of any age. So if they're a little, little kid or even an adult now, um, that group shares their experiences, uh, shares resources that they've become familiar with over the course of raising a trans kid. And the other group is called the Pride Advocacy Collective for Tweens, acronym PACT. And that's for parents and guardians of LGBTQ tweens ages 8 to 13. So broader range of queer identities there, but an actual age range for that younger group. And I should say uh, it it could be really helpful for parents and guardians to visit our LGBT library too, because there are books they can check out about understanding trans and other queer identities if they feel like they're struggling there.
1: And so how can the parents access these resources? Is it on your website or how can they sign up?
0: Yeah, so with the uh, community and support groups, uh, they can reach out to our supportive services coordinator, Robin, R-O-B-I-N, at BradburySullivanCenter.org. And for our library, you just got to come on down to the community center. We're located at 522 West Maple Street in downtown Allentown, uh, not, not far from the PPL Center, for those who aren't familiar. Speaking of
1: straight and cis allies, for our teen, do you have any straight cis
2: allies? Oh yes, I have plenty of straight cis allies, multiple in my family. A lot of my family is straight, and most of them, all of them, are allies and support me, which is very great. And some of my friends happen to be allies as well, which is really nice to know that people will love and accept and support me. And I feel like everyone should have that access to being loved and supported. Katie, thank you so much for
1: being here. This has been such a compelling and informative conversation. Where can people find more information about this topic?
0: So you can learn about our programs and events at www.bradberrysullivancenter.org. Our handle on all social media is at BSC Lehigh Valley. And specifically our youth program, uh, the best way to keep up with them is at Project Silk Pride on Instagram.
1: Okay, and for our teen, is there any last things that you would like to say to the Lehigh Valley LGBTQ community?
2: So, I just think that you are loved and supported, and it's very brave to be a member of the community.
1: Thank you to Katie Supas and our team for making the time to be with us today. Thank you so much for having me. This was a very awesome
2: conversation.
1: And thank you so much to our listeners for tuning in with us today on WDIY's Teen Connect. It was a pleasure to talk with you. I'm Sophie Lehovich, and this is WDIY 88.1 FM radio. Tune in next Thursday for more Lehigh Valley discourse, and we'll see you next time on Team Connect.